You see record there, Andy? I see the record. So, okay. we never decided Hey! Yeah, oh, you're introing? I'm going to just, I'm going to say, hey, it's us. Hey, go for it. You already started it. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Hey. <laughs> that's not, that's not right. No, I like it. I like it. Just listen. You can probably... You can probably keep that in, but anyways, this this is Roaring Glory, back with a fresh episode after several months again, but we've got a lot of uh, cool things happening. We have a lot of dear brothers who desire to uh, help us to be a part of edifying the church, getting some good meals out there, some interesting things to feed your soul and your brain with. Out of the plethora of things that are out there, there's a lot of new things that have taken place also since uh, we've had a hiatus here. There's now three people that live in Andy's house as opposed to the two. How did that happen? Uh, By a miracle of the Lord, uh, truly birth is crazy. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. In every regard. Amen. And... uh, I guess we'll say it. I mean, we're coming off a, a Chiefs Super Bowl win last night, thanks to all of us, right? Uh-huh. We're, we all do that. If it weren't for us, the Chiefs <laughs> would win the Super Bowl. Isn't that right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. A lot of idolatry last night. But, uh, hey, we live we live in a foreign land. It's true. Okay? And it was fun. It was kind of fun. So, anyways, we're back at you uh, today. To speak with a brother that you know from a podcast we had on John Bunning and Pilgrim's Progress, we're talking with Brother Jeff Parks from Cornerstone Baptist Church, and he wrote an article on Roaring Glory's website called The Doctor and a Guy. So I want to start by asking Jeff, who is the doctor? The doctor is Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Who's that guy? Well, uh, he is considered by many... (laughs) Uh, one of, if not the greatest preachers of the 20th century. Uh, he, uh, he was raised in a very formal Christian home, but did not know the Lord until uh, in his 20s. Uh, he was trained to be a medical doctor, and he was going to be eventually the uh, the King of England's personal physician. That's how good, great a doctor he was. And uh, God had different plans for him. And he uh, decided that he wanted to go into the ministry. He wanted to be a physician of souls instead of bodies. And God used him mightily to, to preach the word, uh, to... Uh, encourage, uh, maybe we could say the last two or three generations, two generations, to get uh, uh, more involved in learning about the Puritans through the banner of truth and trust. Uh, He is uh, a man that J.I. Packer said he had never heard anyone like him preach before. Uh, It was electric. Uh, and he is uh, a man that God raised up, a brother in Christ who I know has helped me immensely. And when you read people like John MacArthur and John Piper and 
some of the more uh, well-known uh, preachers out there, he greatly influenced them also. Yeah, I was kidding with Jeff the other day. I said if Martin Lloyd-Jones would have kept on in his career, he probably would have been the one who had to cut out that lung of King George <laughs> in Buckingham Palace. That would have been something. But So how did you, how'd you come across Martin Lloyd-Jones? I came, uh, I've never met John MacArthur, but it was through uh, John MacArthur's, I, I think it was when I was uh, teaching Sunday school at Kearney First Baptist that, uh, and I was using uh, MacArthur's commentary on Ephesians, and he had mentioned uh, this man, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, and uh during that time in my life and, and still today, uh, when men I greatly respect, godly men, brothers in Christ, uh, recommend reading something or pointing me towards somebody, I will. Because my, and my, you know, my uh, opinion was always if they're good enough for a guy by, like John MacArthur, then they're definitely good enough for me. And so uh, I would say it was MacArthur who got me... Uh, to investigate this man, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And then as I began to read the doctor himself, I just, it was just, uh, I was overwhelmed by uh, his, his knowledge, his wisdom. Uh, never met the man, obviously, uh, but uh, from what uh, you read about in biographies, biographies and so forth, just a very, very godly man, which I believe the church in this nation is miss, missing greatly in the pulpit. You've also got a, a few, uh, I wouldn't say cute stories, but some really uh, interesting tidbits from his life. You told me one about how he burned uh, some items that he found at the church when he was first called there. What were, well, what were he those? did away with the, uh, the church and his first uh, ministry uh, he it was, you know, they weren't, that church wasn't much different than many church seeker friendly churches today. And they uh, were trusting in, in everything to uh, advance Christ's kingdom, except for the word of God itself. Uh, they were doing dramas and so forth. And, and Dr. Jones came in and he removed all of the drama stuff. And then he took the pulpit and he nailed it right in the center of, I guess, what we call the podium or the stage. Uh, and from there on, the, the, he made sure that everyone there knew that the word of God was central to worship, that the preaching of the word of God was central to worship. And from that moment, just as he continued to minister there, uh, Many, many, many souls were won to Christ, and that that church was thoroughly uh, reformed through the preaching of the word. Yeah, I think about our modern context, and if someone first gets called to a church and then goes out back and burns all of the props and skit stuff, how well that would go over. But obviously the hand of God was upon him, and I think maybe from that point forward people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> this this guy's uh, serious yeah. about what he's doing. Hopefully they took it in that way. Uh, obviously they must have, but 
I don't know. Like you mentioned, our modern churches, I don't know how how an American context type church might take something like that, but it's interesting to think about. So, yes. And probably yes. much needed. Yeah. Yeah. At times. Um, you give us three encouragements in your article that, that came from Martin Lloyd-Jones that you picked up from him. And the first one um, is something that you picked up as you met him. Uh, that whether you bring alongside the doctor or someone else, you say like Spurgeon or Bunyan or Watson, do not become a parrot of someone else. What do you mean by that? I think there's always the danger in reading biographies, uh, listening to uh, men of God that God has greatly blessed in communicating the word and we see, quote unquote, the uh, success of that. Uh, there is a danger to try to replicate that. Uh, I think there's a danger in, and subconsciously beginning to live that man's life. And I think we definitely have to, uh, be diligent in avoiding that. And remember, there is only one Martin Lloyd-Jones and there will never be another Martin Lloyd-Jones, just like there was only one Spurgeon and there will never be a Spurgeon. There's only one Dakota Darby and there will never be another Dakota Darby. God creates us. We are who we are uh, in Christ. God has created us to be who we are and we are to take the... Uh, the, the spiritual gifts, we are to take the grace that God just inundates us with, and we're to live our lives for Christ. And we are to be who we are in Christ and not somebody else. And when people forget that, uh, again, they begin doing things that God intended maybe just for that particular church or that particular nation. Uh, and God has something different for you, even though it is to, you know, obviously for a pastor, it's to preach the word, it's to shepherd the flock, it's to, to feed the flock, tend the flock, protect the flock. That That is all true, but it might be in different ways. Uh, and again, it's in, it's in different ways according to how God has gifted uh, each person. And uh, when someone begins to parrot, uh, begins to, you know, just copy uh, uh, somebody else, then can we honestly say, you know, is, is that uh, from God or is that from selfish desire to be popular or to be, you know, somebody that we're not? Yeah. There's a fine line in between like what Paul says, uh, imitate me as I follow Christ Yes. And uh, look exactly like me as I follow Christ. There's there's principles we can take from everybody's life, which is what this article is about. Um, and then there's just trying to perform that person's life yeah. all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I thought that uh, having 
sons, I was going to have uh, little Dakota Darby's run around, but thankfully they're a lot better off than I am. So we're not going to have to replicate me. That's a great thing. Uh, Andy, you have any follow-up on that? Yeah, uh, it's because I know Jeff and probably better than our listeners do, not as well as Dakota does or other people, but I know that Jeff doesn't idolize other men, um, though he looks looks to them for help and guidance. So, Jeff, what um, – and Dakota, you can kind of help me ask this question because I usually stumble over these questions. But how, how do you how do you look up to these guys uh, and take from their life and imitate them, as Paul tells us to do, without idolizing them um, and making them something that they're not? Um, I remind myself of something that Paul Washer has said repeatedly, who has also had a, an influence on my life. And, and I believe he's 100% correct in saying there are no great men of God. None, nada. There is one great God who works through weak, pitiful, wretched men. And so I keep that, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that. And then uh, I always think about whether it's, you know, you're listening to somebody, whether you're visiting with somebody. Dakota and I had the the privilege to to visit with uh, uh, Jim Elliff and, and Steve Burchett the other uh, day at lunch, and just to to listen to somebody like uh, Jim Elliff and, and Steve. And anyway, uh, so as we you know are around these men, or whether we're reading their books, uh, I liken it to being an Alaskan brown bear, in which the Salmon are swimming upstream and the bears are getting ready to hibernate. And when those bears, the way I understand it, when those bears catch that a salmon, they bite out of the head. They bite the brain because that's the, the most du- nutrient dense part of the fish and they throw the rest of the way. And that's kind of the way I am in when I'm around people or when I'm reading books, I'm going to take what I think is going to help me uh, and try to make it my own, not try to make it, not to parrot anybody, but, but to try to, you know, grasp the wisdom in that and try to work that out. Uh, because I, uh, as I preach to my church uh, ad nauseum sometimes is that we are to take the ordinary means of grace that God gives us. And that is the word and that is prayer. And that is also fellowship. And that Christian fellowship is when brothers and sisters in Christ gather together and Christ is at the center and we, we share things, we share experiences, we share things that we learn from the word of God. And I think it's very important for believers to, to, again, to be like that, that Alaskan brown bear and take what, yes, I needed to hear that and then make it your own. And it's not going to look the same as for that, per, you know, as it did for that person. But you make these things your own. And that's how I that's how I try to uh, look at things, whether I'm reading, uh, whether I'm, you know, with in the, with YouTube. I would consider this in a very real sense uh, fellowship. And I want to take what I can to learn from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because I know he does work through his people to teach and to encourage and to exhort and so forth. That's really good. So that's how 
I think that may be the best practical advice or skill that you could begin to hone, especially as you start the Christian life, was is just keeping an open ear and mind to <coughs> how you may get some wisdom or some biblical knowledge or some practical um, Christianity talk. Just It's kind of like uh, paying attention to the footnotes, kind of. You know, I remember sitting in uh, class when I first started seminary, and I tell people all the time, I didn't know what the four Gospels were. But I would listen to people's conversations and listen to the professor talk to people during breaks and stuff. And I, for some reason, just wanted to know, like, what are they saying in those moments? You know, when they're not presenting or something. What's, what is else is there I need to know? I'll tell you a really quick, funny story. I was serving at a youth pastor at the first church that I was employed at and uh, our pastor had left. And so we had uh, Dr. Thor Matson from Midwestern serving as interim and Thor is brilliant. And Thor's MO is opens the Bible and just starts walking verse by verse. That's how he teaches. That's how he preaches. <clears throat> and so I was just being amazed at watching him doing this. Well, Behind me every Sunday would sit a guy that had been single his whole life. And being single, I guess you uh, gain an ability to have conversations with yourself. So he would carry that out in the midst of the service. But he was a brilliant, brilliant man. And there's a lot I could even tell you about that. So Thor would be just expositing scripture in front of me. And then this man behind me would be talking about, oh, that, that, the history behind the places and the people and the historical events. And it was just anyways. So I was trying to use two ears at that. And maybe that's what we need to do when we're with especially the body of Christ, uh, which kind of brings us to our next point. I, I think one of the most important things that you say in this article and maybe the most practical pieces of advice that we could gain from listening to somebody is, is what you gained from Martin Lloyd-Jones Preach the gospel to yourself daily throughout each day. What does that look like for somebody that's working at, uh, you know, an automobile plant or uh, investment firm? What, what would that look like? So I'm not for sure where the doctor took that from, if he took it from a particular verse or anything. But I know... You know, I, I read that from him, and uh, it, it brought to mind uh, Romans one sixteen, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. And when I think about salvation... Uh, you know, in, in broad strokes, I think there's three legs to salvation. Uh, one is justification, one is sanctification, and the other is glorification. And I take that as Paul, because he's going to expound upon, as he continues to go through Romans, he's going to hit all three of those legs uh, of salvation. And that began to make me think, okay, the gospel is the power of God unto our justification. Well, amen to that, right? I mean, you know, 
that that is all of Christ. That is the sovereign grace of God Almighty. But the power, the gospel is the power of God unto our sanctification. We need the gospel just as much in our sanctification as we do in our justification. And we need to be reminded of that. Uh, Again, the Apostle Paul uh, was constantly reminding the churches about various things. We need to be reminded. We are sheep. Sheep are not smart. You know, sheep are forgetful. We need to be led. We need to be be guided. So the gospel is, again, we need to remind ourselves of who Jesus is every day, I believe, and maybe multiple times throughout the day. I need to remind myself of who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He is the creator of all things. All authority and power has been given to him. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us always. He's with us now at this moment. And the son of God, Jesus Christ, he died for my sins. Uh, He took the guilt because I'm going to sin today. Uh, already have. He's going to take the, he's taken the guilt of that. He's taken the shame of that. And he's taken the penalty for that. I need to be reminded of that because the enemy is going to fire those fiery arrows at me and try to get me to take my eyes off Jesus and look at my sins and look at how guilty and shameful I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, in his eyes I should be. And no, Jesus says he's taken that all upon himself. And then for the sanctification, and this is the one thing that, uh, this is the number one, again, this is the number one thing Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones taught me, is then I must remind myself what is true about me because of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for me and what he's doing for me and what he will do to me. I w- for me, I will be glorified at, at some time. I'm going to be in heaven with him. He's going to see me through. I need to remind myself of that. And the more I remind myself of all the great truths that the Bible says about me and you, because we are in Jesus Christ, that should cause us to rejoice that should cause us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to, to live, <coughs> to live Christ, to, to be used of him. It, it, that should, the gospel, it, it impacts every aspect, every part of our being. And that's why I truly believe, and I will go to my grave and I, I teach my students here at at Northern Hills Christian Academy. That's the one thing I tell them. If you forget everything else I've taught you, do not forget the gospel. Do not forget if you're a believer, do not forget what's true about you because of the gospel. Because ultimately, in my little mind, the righteous shall live by faith. That's how we, that's the key. That's how we live by faith is we believe that gospel message. And what's true about us. So there's no progress in the faith unless we believe the gospel every day. It's a daily belief in what's true. Yes. About him, about us. Yeah. The gospel 
is it. It is the foundation. You cannot have these great doctrines that we love and behold unless they are rooted and grounded in the gospel. Those great doctrines that we love and rejoice in are worthless if they are not rooted deep in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, Jesus Christ is the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's him. So here's a, here's a nugget then for everybody listening. Uh, God is the gospel by John Piper. That's a book. That's a good book to pick up. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Jeff, what, what Uh, what you said, I thought was awesome. How you, how you divvied that up that the gospel is the power of God unto sanctification. I wrote that down and like, because you hear people in the church, especially talk about, oh, well, it's nice to hear a message on the gospel or. And they kind of blow it off, like, oh, I know the gospel, yeah. I've heard the gospel, I don't need the gospel. Yeah. But like, no, but it's the power of God unto your sanctification. And I've never heard it put that way, and that, that's brilliant and super helpful and, and encouraging to dig in and know the gospel even better, I think. Amen. And the greatest travesty in the church around the world will be the gospel's just the beginning point, and now let's move on. That is the great lie of Satan. Paul desires to know nothing among the uh, Corinthians, I believe, except Christ and him crucified. There you go. Therefore, we're talking about believing things that are true, which is the gospel. You say in this article that uh, Lloyd-Jones taught you to preach what God's word says and not what we think it may mean. Do you, I mean, we can point out how that's a problem in a lot of places, but do you ever run up against this and have to check yourself in that way? Yes. Uh, and I, I try to do that anytime that I teach or preach. I want to, yes, to check against that is I don't want, I want the, this is, I want people to know what God's word says. Uh, obviously we expound upon it. Obviously we, we use the Bible to interpret the Bible, uh, those things, but yeah, there is that, that's the danger of a topical message. Uh, you know, even yesterday I preached what I would probably consider a topical message and, and I did not do uh, a very good job of expounding. I didn't think, uh, and felt little help actually from the Holy spirit, uh, in that, and I, I already had a message prepared, and it was out of Matthew 6. Uh, but anyway, uh, and I think, you know, if, you know, for pastors out there who preach, uh, you know, yeah, those times are going to happen, and God is uh, forgiving of, of those times. But uh, yeah, it is something that uh, I try to, uh, by God's grace, uh, remember and keep in mind and in, in my study as I'm trying to work through a passage, trying to find, you know, what do these words, Greek words mean or Hebrew words? What does, you know, what's the context here and try to work those things out. And... Yeah. There's whole, 
ministries built around what a certain guy thinks or wants scripture to say. And I would like lay people or the congregation to realize that a faithful minister or pastor, if he's, if he's checking himself on that at the door, like, okay, I'm showing up to God's word to hear what he says, not what I would like to communicate or believe about this. He's having to go through that process of being confronted with the truth that may at that point in time confront some error that he's had. And, and we kind of have to go through this own, our own process of, of uh, correction or rebuke or, or uh, I don't want to say enlightenment that sounds too new age, but a, a, a deeper understanding. So by the time we, we bring it to the people, we've been through that process and, and we're kind of spewing all of that out because of, the truth of his word, as opposed to our own flesh. And then I don't know about you, and I don't know about Lloyd-Jones, but did he ever feel any frustration? Uh, what was it like after he would preach um, these texts that he dug so deep in and believed so much to the people? Did he ever feel frustrated about his church or anything like that? I don't know for sure. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, in a way, if I'm understanding this correctly, is another fine line. Uh, I think from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he expounded the scriptures and let them fall where they may. And he was satisfied that he didn't, it wasn't so much, he, he knew, he knew he had, done what the Lord had called him to do and that he was not responsible for how people were going to receive that message. Uh, To the point where he never got discouraged or anything. I don't know for sure. I'm sure he did at times. I know. uh, I think we all, you know, get frustrated sometimes. I know I do. Uh, and, And then I have to wonder, you know, is this because of my selfish pride that I'm being frustrated or am I, You know, am I honestly frustrated more like Jesus was, you know, in in the Gospels because they're just not getting it. And that's something I'm constantly repenting over and trying to to put to death is death. My is just my sinful flesh Uh, and and, you know, even, you know, preaching or teaching. uh, It's something that I know I have to guard against all the time. And I, I don't want and I even ask God to. Forgive me before I even preach, you know, because I don't want that selfishness to to uh, to come through. I just want to be a I want to be and I, I don't. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones wanted to be simply a man who Jesus would say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I know that was a big driver for him. Yeah. I don't know if you would survive in the. uh body of Christ if you didn't just trust God to do with his word what he's going to do because you may yeah you you may know a certain truth or an understanding about scripture that may fall on deaf ears to your brothers and sisters and what are you going to do are you going to try and uh, manipulate them to believe that or to understand that are you going to force your 
will over them because you know it's right or you know are you going to trust the lord to work on them yeah yeah so so martin lloyd jones has that deep seated faith in the word of god yes there there's no doubt about it because that's all he did actually you read his books his books are simply his sermons was, he didn't yeah. set out to write a book you know yeah. somebody said hey you need to put that in a book and and they would uh that's all he did was preach the word verse by verse, uh, 14 years through Romans. Uh, I don't know how long it took him to get through Ephesians, but the commentary put together is about that wide. And the man, he even preached in Roman or Ephesians chapter two, verse four, he preached a, a whole message on the word, but, but God, the contrast of that, the guy was, <laughs> and, and, and just his preaching is the, great evidence that he believed that this is the very word of God and people need to hear that and not him or any of us. Can you hear Martin Lloyd-Jones anywhere today? Is he on YouTube or? Yeah, there's a, I think uh, the sermon audio, I think they might carry some of his messages. Uh, if you get online, uh, Google it. I know there's some various places that you can, uh, listen to his his messages. I don't know if I honestly believe this, and he believed this. Uh, I think there is be great benefit in listening to those messages, but I don't think they usually have the same effect as they did when he was actually preaching it in that to the primary audience. There, uh, I think there's some truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He's one of the, I guess, few kind of later what you can, you could consider him a Puritan. Wouldn't you agree? You could yes. Do. Yeah. Well, There's a good documentary on, uh, American gospel TV. Uh, I would highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, but there's a documentary on the Puritans, and they keep talking about who's the last Puritan. Well, during Spurgeon's day, it was Spurgeon. Yeah. And you move on to Martin Lloyd-Jones. Oh, it's Martin Lloyd-Jones. And then they made the, you know, they concluded the fact that the last Puritan are those men and women who hold to these great and grand doctrines of, of scripture and, and high, highly value the word of God and, 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 and love passionately Jesus Christ. Uh, they they kind of came up with yeah that's probably the last Puritan. Uh, yeah, Jeff, I like I like what you said about uh, the sermons not having the same effect now as they did on the people that he preached to. I think that that could be uh, a statement made towards pastors today to not take uh, a person like Martin Lloyd Jones's sermons and then try to be that. We talked about that earlier, right? But think there's a reason God right. calls a pastor to a certain place at a certain time with a certain people. And you're called to preach yes. to those people and know those people and love those people. So instead of taking someone like yes. Martin Lloyd Jones and just even just paraphrasing his, his whole sermon, like, like you said, take what's good there, make it your own and then give it to the people that you know and love. I think that's, that's super beneficial for yeah. pastors. Um, and then, Amen. and then the other thing you guys talked about, um, his devotion to the word. I was reading the passage and I don't remember where it's at now where 
Uh, I think Paul says that he will be saved uh, as only if, as only through fire, his works will be burned up like straw. If they're, uh, I can't remember exactly where that's out or how it goes, but if, uh, if your work as a pastor is built on the word, what more solid foundation could you have other than like all these programs and, and skits and things like that? You don't, you don't need those. Those will be burned up as straw and you'll be saved only, yeah. only through fire. But if your work is dependent on the word of God, that's the most sure foundation there could be. Amen. You're on mute. Dakota, I lost. Unmute yourself, Dakota. Hey, hey, I'm talking now. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to cough and sound gross. So I mute myself when I can. But the first Corinthians 315 is what you're thinking about. That's logos with the assist there. Thank you. Yeah. If, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself would be saved, but it only has to yes. be fire. Yes. And Andy said that if you're doing skits, that they'll oh, be burned. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well i don't necessarily disagree but yeah there's some good uh podcast episodes out there about uh, why christian movies are so bad <laughs> i'd encourage you to listen to some of those but anyways andy you got anything else for jeff uh we were going to ask you about uh, book recommendations that you had for either Martin Lloyd Jones or or other book recommendations uh, that would kind of coincide with his teaching. Well, anything written by Doctor Martin Lloyd Jones is a gold mine. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, but you better love reading. And he probably says more on one page than an entire Christian bookstore today wow. has. Uh, what would I recommend from Lloyd Jones? I think off the top of my head, he did a little commentary on the first three chapters of Genesis, which will just blow you away and do exactly what the first three chapters of Genesis are supposed to do and help begin to set that foundation for the rest of the Bible. And he does a great job in that. Uh, he does have uh, a book on... Uh, Revival, and make some good points in that. I can't remember the exact name of the book, but just Google Martin Lloyd-Jones on Revival, and he he has uh, quite a bit to say about that. And uh, as far as biography, uh, Ian Murray wrote a two, if you like to read, there's a two-volume set on the life of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, which, again, is just gold. And it goes into a lot of these, you know, accounts of his life. Talks about and during World War II, he's preaching and the Nazis are bombing London and he just keeps on preaching. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, and he was, you know, uh, you're not going to read in any history books, but he, he was definitely very influential uh, to the people in London 
during World War II. Uh, and, you know, keeping uh, God's people's uh, eyes lifted to Christ and not looking at their circumstances. So, uh, and then, you know, if any other books that I recommend that help me, I, I can't, again, emphasize enough the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, that would definitely be uh, a book that you would cherish and probably read multiple times. Uh, Lloyd Jones brings it up a few times, not as much as Spurgeon, but uh, it did have an impact on him. And uh, I know that uh, another book I would highly recommend to this audience uh, is Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. I think it's one thing that uh, is not emphasized enough in the church today is we are to strive for holiness. And the Bible's pretty clear in Hebrews 12, 14. If you're not striving for it, you're not a Christian. Uh, that's not a popular message, but it's true. <laughs> so those are some things. I mean, there's a lot of books uh, that I've greatly benefited from. And some of them, you know, I haven't even read all the way through. I just went to the main you know, where I knew that I wanted to take that bite out of and, and help me. And if I get back to it, I do. If I don't, I, I, uh, that's how I look at what can books teach me? What can these men teach me? That's how I look at reading. That's really good. The, and then try, go ahead. Then tr and try to develop my own ideas around that. And not just, like I said you know, earlier, you know, don't parrot it, yeah. but yeah. How does this fit in here? How does this fit in for Jeff Parks? How does this fit in for Cornerstone Baptist? How does this fit in uh, to Kearney and Holt and this area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a book, uh, Tony Ranke wrote a book about reading. And that's one of the points he makes is you don't feel like you have to read through the whole thing because you're not going to get anything right. out of yeah. it if you're bored and don't care. So go through the yeah. table of contents, find what you were interested in, read that, move on. If you want to come back to it, great. Yeah, and, and in, another, in the words of another Puritan, Richard Baxter, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in this. He said, uh, own few books, mm -hmm. but the books that you own, know them very, very, very well. And I think there's, some, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah, yeah. I need to stop buying books. So. Well, I'm in trouble. You can Somebody. see. I don't know those well enough. Yeah, look at this library back here. <laughs> look at that library. I have a I have yeah, a Lloyd does. Jones biography on the shelf that I'm going to read now. So it's from Ian Murray. I've been trying to get yeah. to it, but well, every every time every time Jeff talks about him, it's he's he's definitely one that I don't know very well, but it feels like has to be known for sure. So you would say to anybody, get his Romans commentary if you can. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes, it is. It only goes through chapter 14. He didn't finish it. No, it didn't get finished. I think, uh, he, he did battle cancer. He died in 1981. I don't know if that was the, the main reason why it never got finished, but, uh, he preached through Romans. Uh, I think it was, if I remember right on Friday evenings, and it took him 14 years to get through Romans. And 
it's just, it's mind blowing. It's, uh, again, uh, you will get more out of just one sermon he preached through Romans than, you know, again, if you go to the, the local, you know, your, your Christian bookstore and all the books that they have, more is said in his one sermon than, you know, all the volumes that, you know, most of that stuff I believe is garbage. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I agree with Vody Bauckham when he said all Christian bookstores should have a sign out, out front that says the views that are represented in this bookstore are not necessarily those of Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Leave it to Vody. All right. Well, what we learned today, uh, find a dead guy, make him your friend, imitate him as he imitates Christ, preach the gospel to yourself daily, uh, believe the word of God, uh, don't read any other good books like they're the Bible, but read other good books, and uh, skits will be burned up in heaven um, in flames. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we figured out here today. So, all right, Jeff. We love you. We thank you. I'm sure uh, the people who listen to this or read us will uh, get more from you in the future. So I hope you have a blessed day. He's going to go teach some Bible. Sermon on the Mount. Sermon. Oh, man. I need need to come to class because I'm coming up on that pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right, guys. Here's here's my last uh, thing I'll say. Get Lloyd Jones' Sermon on the Mount. There you go. Where can they get that? Uh, you can get it on Amazon, probably. Okay. Amazon, or I'm sure Banner Truth would carry it. Cause that's... Piper said that that book changed his life. Wow. Marla Jones on Sermon on the Mount. Wow. Okay. Well, is it a one volume? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. multiple volumes originally, but they've combined it into one. Okay. I'm going to go purchase that now. <laughs> Andy, do the same. I will. All right, Jeff. Have a great day. Jeff, thank you. All right, you too.